We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Fay hitting with a solo recap of the Nets loss to the Bucks, 129-125. Another tough loss at home to a very good Bucks team. We're going to jump into that and plenty more. Make sure you check the Buzz on all streaming platforms. But this was a close game back and forth. You know, no team really dominated at different points. The Nets were up 10, Bucks up 9. You know, it was tied 11 different times, 6 lead changes. And down the stretch, it was very back and forth. You know, Mikel Bridges, Cam Thomas were trading buckets with Giannis and Chris Middleton. And really, you know, there was a Cam Thomas mystery, then a Chris Middleton mystery. Nets grab the board. Ben Simmons shoots an outlet pass to Dorian Finney-Smith. DFS has a step or two on Giannis, you know, in fear of the chase down block, kind of hesitates under the rim. Middleton comes in. DFS misses the, uh, misses the layup. Bucks get the ball back. Nets honestly get a couple more chances because of a missed free throw by Dame, a missed free, free throw by Jay Crowder, and they still can't capitalize and find a way to tie the game. And ultimately, you know, the Bucks just made more plays in the last 45 seconds to a minute of this game. But overall, it was pretty tight throughout. And there weren't necessarily a ton of areas where the Nets were bad. It was just, you know, the, the Bucks had guys that were making certain plays. You know, Giannis in this game, 36 points, 15 to 27, 12 rebounds. And the Nets were without Nick Claxton and obviously played pretty small in this one. And, you know, a couple guys off the bench really went off for the Bucks. You know, Jay Crowder was four of nine from three. Pat Connaughton hit some big threes. Campaign was three of four from three. You know, the starters in terms of three-point shooting weren't great for the Bucks, but the guys off the bench just hit some big shots. You know, you feel maybe just a touch more of execution defensively on some of these, you know, bench three-point shooters. Like, you want to force Jay Crowder to make a play and drive to the rim. You don't want to let him look comfortable from behind the arc. So, ultimately, that was somewhat of a factor and I think on the net side you had guys you know miss a lot of open threes Mikel Bridges you know Spencer Dooney Dorian Finney-Smith finally cooled down and you know Cam Thomas was 6 of 16 Royce O'Neal bounced back 4 of 7 and Lonnie Walker 3 of 7 but just some of those misses and big moments you know weren't there for the Nets but they even won the turnover battle you know 10 turnovers for the Bucks, 8 turnovers for the Nets rebounding wise a couple more for the Bucks, but nothing substantial you know you can look to the free throw attempts 13 for the Nets 24 for the Bucks. some of that a little bit imbalanced because of you know the late game fouling trying to get the Bucks to miss free throws but again you know you could argue maybe the Nets could have had a couple better calls especially on that weird Bobby Portis play where he kind of grabbed 
Milkel Bridges on a fast break opportunity. You know, no technical, no flagrant, and no take foul. You know, I think it was pretty obvious at the very least it should have been a take foul. The Nets don't get that call, so that's pretty tough. But ultimately, I think it stinks they lost this game, but again, they showcase they can kind of compete with anybody. You know, a few plays here or there, and they win this game. You know, uh, Jay Crowder or Pat Connaughton don't knock down a three off the bench. You know, the Nets win this game, or they grab one of those offensive rebounds that Brooke Lopez was tapping out to Giannis Antetokounmpo. You know, one of just a few plays in this game are made, the Nets win. And that's really the difference. And that's usually the difference between really, really good teams and just good teams. And the Nets are trying to go from a good team to a really good team. And we, you know, going into the season, we didn't even expect them to be a good team. We were hoping they'd be an okay team. So they're already kind of surpassing expectations, specifically one guy, and that's Cam Thomas. 45 points, 17 of 33 from the field, 6 of 16 from deep, 5 of 6 from the free throw line, 4 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal, 1 turnover, and plus 3 in this game. And I think, honestly, one of the, you know, 45 points is amazing, and he's done this, you know, multiple times in his NBA career, and he's really off to a hot start this NBA season, but the fact he had one turnover with 33 shot attempts, and the amount of usage he had in this game is actually incredible, and I thought in terms of making the right play and making the right pass, you know, Cam did that majority of this game. Yeah, there was a couple tough shots mixed in, but he was knocking them down, and you also love to see the high volume from three. I think that's an area that's going to open up his game more as, you know, we progress through the season, and teams kind of attack him differently because he's so effective driving and not only finishing inside but getting to the free throw line and six attempts in this one and it's just you know the constant improvement and again this is a guy that's 22 years old and just showcased a really really deep offensive scoring bag but now we're starting to see the other areas of his game you know excel and try to catch up to that scoring and that's going to be so huge for cam to become you know the complete player and really a star in this league and i think you know there was talk about star flashes in the past, but the way he started the season has just been different. And, you know, majority of this game, you could make an argument that Cam Thomas was the best player on the floor in a game that featured Giannis Antetokounmpo, Dame Lillard. Like, Cam was really that good. And, it was again, it wasn't just the scoring because the scoring was obviously there, but it was also some of the defensive plays, some of the reads. There's one play where he just kind of shot into the passing lane, got the steal, got a transition opportunity, a couple really nice passes and just heady plays in this one. And, you know, it's the, the constant growth, and it's really good for this Nets team. And also you saw him down the stretch, you know, have to isolate a little bit and find opportunities to score. You know, there was one play in that fourth quarter where he split, I think it was Bobby Portis and Chris Middleton and got to the free throw line. Just really, really next level stuff for such a young player. And all these reps are definitely paying off. And, you know, he's a guy that you expect to be better in two to three months. Not to say he's not really good already, but I think there's still room for improvement. And it's just getting more reps, more experience. And I think, you know, Vaughn's talked about this, you know, last week and how he's just kind of studied more. You know, he's been more prepared with the scouting report and the game plan and different things. And, you know, it was mentioned on Twitter before the game. Also, another area Cam's looks a lot better is just dealing with the media. He looks more comfortable, more just professional and ready to kind of lock in. His vibes are just way up. And obviously, some of that's probably tied to having a bigger role in this team and getting minutes and feeling, you know, rewarded to an extent. So just really, really happy for the start of Cam Thomas and putting up a great performance against, again, a really good team in the Bucs. And the Bucs aren't hitting on all cylinders, but they have a lot of talented players and talented rim protectors in Giannis and Brooke. And Cam had no issue attacking those guys and getting to the free throw line or getting his shot up, especially, you know, some of those high arcers in the paint. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. But not only a great game from Cam, it was a really nice game from Mikel Bridges. And this was kind of... One of the performance we saw at the end of last season, you know, post-trade deadline, Mikel looking like a star-level player. 31 points, 12 of 21. Would have liked to see him hit more threes. One of five from deep, but six of seven from the free throw line. Five rebounds, four assists. Only one turnover for him as well. You know, I thought he played pretty good defense on Dame Lillard in this game too. Mikel just was aggressive from the start and knew that he could attack the drop coverage the Bucks were playing with Brooke Lopez, and they varied that up a little bit throughout the game. But again, there was just a lot of opportunities to get to his spots. You saw him kind of extend his dribble a couple times and be patient and just find those openings because the way the Bucks play defense, he knew it would be there. And this is just kind of hopefully a building block for his confidence. We see him kind of be this level of aggressive from the first quarter on and get back to knocking down those mid-range shots that he shot at such an efficient rate last season. But over to Dorian Finney-Smith, kind of mentioned him before, obviously the late game play that wasn't enough. And to his defense, that's not necessarily his game. You almost feel like maybe Ben should have slowed things down and just kind of pulled it out on that play. But again, DFS did cool down from three, only seven points in this one, three of 12 from the field, one of seven from deep, six rebounds, two assists, one steal, one block, one turnover. Wasn't a bad game, but just not giving the same level of offensive pop we've seen the last couple games and not you know scorching from three, which obviously helps stretch out that defense a little bit more and opens up some more passing lanes and some things inside but you know he had to bang with Brooke Lopez had a bang with Giannis Bobby Portis out there always give him credit for you know using the energy and playing with the level of energy and grit over to Spencer Dinwiddie did not have a very impactful game you know three points in this one one of four from the field one of three from three three rebounds three assists zero steals zero blocks zero turnovers was plus 13 but when he was out there, he just didn't necessarily feel impactful. You know, probably a lot of that plus 13s from the first quarter where the Nets started hot and he did knock down a three in that stretch. But, you know, it's finding the right balance. And also, I think at times, you know, Vaughn chooses to go with like Dennis Smith Jr. at the end of that third quarter instead of using Spencer Dinwiddie. You know, and DSJ was not playing elite level defense and really disrupting enough in the end of the floor. And offensively, Spencer can provide a lot more. And obviously, he's. You know, just a more impactful offensive player because of his skill, but also I think his 
his mental ability to kind of read that zone defense and understand what the team needed to do. So not having Spencer out there a little bit more probably hurt the team, but you understand the decision because those 23 minutes weren't necessarily impactful. And moving over to Ben Simmons, finished with two points, one to three from the field, 15 rebounds, four assists, and had you know defensive coverage on Giannis majority of this game he did make him work and obviously he was beat numerous times as well it's kind of impossible in a one-on-one situation especially when Ben's you know out muscle and outsized but you know you appreciate that effort and I think this is a, a game where you saw the deficiencies of his offensive game you know there wasn't really much for him to do in terms of tacking the paint because they put Brooke Lopez on him and he wasn't going to score on Brooke in the paint and he wasn't going to attack Brook and get to the free throw line. So now that kind of just eliminates an entire element of your offense. And this is where, you know, maybe having clacks available would have been pretty helpful because not only, you know, he's a longer defender and, you know, has had some success against Giannis himself, but also would be more willing probably to attack Brook Lopez, get to the free throw line, and be more of a, a presence in the paint offensively. And, you know, obviously Ben provides more in the way he pushes the pace and passes the ball, but the way the Bucks played him kind of, stagnated the offense again at at times you know and just made him less important offensively but it didn't necessarily matter because of the offensive firepower we got from Cam Thomas and Mikel Bridges but again you know in the big picture I think it's just these small little things or these aspects of the game you want to kind of keep an eye and understand you know this could be something that hurts the Nets in the future in a specific matchup. Now, getting over to Royce O'Neal, played 25 minutes off the bench, 12 points, 4 of 8 from the field, 4 of 7 from 3, 9 rebounds, 3 assists. You know, this was a nice game from Royce. He also had a really good steal on Giannis Antetokounmpo in this game, and it was just like, wow. Like, he feels like he stripped almost every good player in the league. He's not great at the perimeter, but when you get him in the paint, even if he's undersized, he does a great job of utilizing his hand, uh, hands and using a low base to really just get in good position and make guys work. And it was nice to see him you know, knock down some big threes and have an impact on the boards and, again, continuing to impact assists as well. And well, we'll see how his role kind of changes when Cam Johnson's back and how you know Vaughn has to balance all these different lineups. But I think he was solid in this one. Moving over to Dayron Sharp. Finished with four points, two or three from the field. Uh, surprisingly had zero rebounds, which is a rare, rare thing for Dayron. One block in this game. You know, I think he started off with a couple rough defensive plays, but ultimately had some positive offensive ones. You saw him take the one dribble, put his body into Giannis, create space, and finish with the reverse layup. That was pretty stuff, and that was probably one of his most impressive offensive plays ever in his career, considering who he was going against in the situation. You know, in the past, we've seen him bobble there. We've seen him get blocked. We've seen him get stripped. And to finish against Giannis and create that space and look confident and smooth, I thought that was definitely nice progress for him. But I think still, for me, Daron Sharp is a lot of hot and cold. There's good moments and there's bad moments. And now trying to find the balance of even if it's eliminating some of the good moments, just eliminate all the bad moments. You know, if you're out there and you can do your job without being negative and provide some level of positivity, that's enough as a backup center and getting over to another backup who's been great for the Nets to start the year and that's Lonnie Walker 19 points 8 of 14 from the field 3 of 7 from 3 4 rebounds 2 assists you know Lonnie is just providing a spark he provides a level of energy you give him a lane to the rim he's going to find a way to finish inside and obviously three-point shooting has been really good to start the year too for him and I think defensively he's probably been 
a little bit better than most people expect. You know, Jack and I talked about in the offseason how he's taken strides defensively in the, in the past seasons, especially last year with the Lakers. And we're seeing that a little bit more this year. And he got big fourth quarter minutes for this team. There was some question about him going to locker room and coming back. And he was dealing, he was questionable for this one with knee soreness. Hopefully he's 100% healthy because he's playing so well to start the year. You'd hate to see him miss a couple games and kind of disrupt his rhythm. But getting over to the final player of the night, Dennis Smith Jr., two points, one of three from the field, one assist. Just not very impactful. You know, I think unless DSJ is out there and really clamping and, you know, creating havoc defensively, offensively, he's not good. You know, he's a negative on the end of the floor. And if you're playing, you know, multiple negatives, you know, we've seen him on the floor tonight with Ben Simmons in both those guys cannot shoot threes. And we've seen it out there with Daron Sharp. Both those guys cannot shoot threes. Now you're limiting your spacing and not even doing it in a way where you're adding a very good offensive player. You know, it's not like we're talking about someone who, you know, I don't know, maybe like Kyle Anderson, who does shoot a couple threes here and there, but he's a, a good mid-range player and can have an offensive impact where Dennis Smith Jr. just really doesn't have that. He had one nice drive in this game, but in the way the Bucks were playing the Nets defensively, it just didn't make sense to say play him. So those 11 minutes, you know, could have gone to Lonnie Walker. They could have gone to Royce O'Neal. They could have gone to Spencer Dinwiddie. You know, that 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 makes a difference. Even, you know, I think some people would probably say, oh, Armani Brooks could have seen some of those minutes. But really, even Trendon Watford could have been an interesting play in this one, given the Nets a little bit more size and versatility. And another playmaker to handle the ball against that buck zone and i think that would have been some something interesting to do because he could kind of get into that in-between game that push shot that floater we've seen him operate and take advantage of mismatches so obviously i didn't i don't think this game falls on vaughn in any way i don't think you know he's the reason they lost you know the nets again had enough opportunities late in this one they couldn't capitalize there was a couple defensive mistakes against that bench unit giving up probably too many open threes and then there was a couple miscommunications late with uh Dorian Finney-Smith and Ben Simmons. So, you know, they clean all this up. They they win this game. But again, as we talked about to start the show, that's the difference between some really good teams and where the Nets are standing now. And the Nets are a good team, and they just have to clean up those mistakes. And they can afford as many stakes as a as talented team as the Bucks because they don't have that talent level. So they almost have to be perfect throughout. And they were pretty close to it tonight. You know, you, you tip your cat to the Bucks. You know, they were good. But overall... You know, it's a, it's a loss for the Nets. They're three and four. And when they get out of this tough stretch of the schedule, it's going to be interesting to see if they can stack some of this success against lesser teams and really go on a nice winning streak. But you'd love to see them win this game. You'd love to see them beat the Celtics. Just wasn't enough, but still, in a way, positive for what we expected coming to the year. But as always, big thanks to everybody listening. Check the buzz on all streaming platforms.